Can you take that? I'm going to read from John chapter 6. From time, from sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. And then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would, have take, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for everyone to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. And Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces. Say the pieces Pieces. that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces. Say the pieces pieces. of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. This chapter here in John is loaded with Exodus language and with Passover language all through chapter 6. And John, on this journey as he's walking through these signs, is trying to make sure he has your attention and focusing on some things that are really important. So this time, before this miracle, it's the time of the Passover. And what happened at the time of the Passover, Jesus, or I'm sorry, going back to Moses was commanded to lead the Israelites out and they were to put blood on the doorpost of the house and every house that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, they would pass over and their lives would be spared. And then from there, he led them through the Red Sea and out of bondage and out of slavery and into the desert. And there, God provided food for them as he rained down manna from heaven. And so there's this picture that's in the background that is unfolding inside of each and every sign that John is pointing to because John is pointing to Jesus, the new Moses who is creating this new world in the midst of this old world that is passing away. And so this story is centered around Jesus feeding these 5000 plus people, it's just the men that are mentioned in the story, these 5,000 plus people that are in the story. And they point out really quickly 
that we have this problem. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. The resources that they have are pretty inadequate. And the question Jesus asked his disciples is this, where, in verse 5, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. He already knows what he's fixing to do. Philip answered, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for everyone to have a bite. Their, their resources are limited, and there are some problems that come with the limited resources. They are proximity and price. Because literally, they've crossed over. They're away from the near towns. They are in this wilderness setting away from everywhere. And their proximity is a problem because there's not any place close to buy food. And so Jesus asked, well, where are we going to get this food? We have a problem with the proximity. But then Simon points out that there's not just a problem with the proximity. There's also a problem with the price. There's not only not any place close enough to get the food for everyone, we don't have the money to get the food for everyone. And and here's the deal. Both of them have to be satisfied. There has to be a solution to the proximity and there has to be a solution to the price. Because you can fix the proximity problem, but if the price is still an issue, you still have limited resources. And if the the proximity is okay and you have food close enough to get, but the price is a problem, you still have limited resources. There is a problem. And the problem, the object of the miracle, these pieces of bread, is originally the source of the problem. The object of the miracle, the pieces of the bread, is the original problem. The pieces are the problem. And the pieces are the problem because there's not enough pieces to go around. There's not enough pieces to feed everyone. And so we have this problem of proximity and price. This past week, I decided my son needed a gift And so I decided that I was going to go and get him a Star Wars Resistance X-Wing fighter. And, and here's what I thought, Ryan. Come on, come here real quick. I bought you a gift. It's awesome. I love it. I love you. <laughs> um, so, so here's what, come, come on up here. Here's my plan. I thought you and I could get it out of the box this afternoon and fly it around the house, and we could get your Darth Vader mass and some lightsabers and have a blast. Does it sound like fun? Okay, so, so here, here let's, let's look at what we got. Star Wars. Is that not awesome?
So the X-wing fighter. Hmm. I think it's broken. <laughs> it's not broken. It's just in packages so we can put them and make the thing so we can use the, the instructions and we then it'll look like that if we build it correctly. Wait, we gotta build it? Yes, because if we don't build it, then it's just gonna be just tiny pieces. Pieces are a problem. <laughs> We're, so we've got to put this thing together. That's you know how long that's going to take? <sighs> okay. Well, I, I thought we could play with it today, but we can't, can we? What are, what are we going to have to do first? We're going to have to build it first. Huh. So what, what, do, we, what do we do first? Um... We have to open up the instruction manual. This right here? Yes. Huh. So, so the pieces have to be put together, right? So, so here's the question for you this morning. What, what do you do? When the pieces don't look like the picture. What do you do when the pieces don't look like the picture? See, see, my assumption is this, that along the way you had this idea of how your life was supposed to look. And yet certain things happen at different times... And you start to question, well, wait, wait, how is this all going to work together? How is this supposed to fit together? We, we have a problem, and the problem is what we have is a bunch of pieces. The pieces are a problem. And sometimes I think we, the, the pieces become such a problem, what happens is we become so aware of our limited resources. We, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. We have these limited resources and we have a problem with the proximity and the price. Has anyone ever been really aware of limited resources? The car won't start. And the money is out. Or the marriage seems broken and one of the pieces of the marriage isn't willing to work on it. Have you ever been aware of the limited resources? But what's amazing in this story that Jesus performs this miracle is the object of the miracle, the pieces, begin as a limited resource and ends in abundance. 
See, some of the pieces, as you build these, start to look like the picture. But the problem is all the pieces don't fit together like they're supposed to yet. And when we start to to look at things, we start to wonder, well, why do the pieces not look like the picture? See, healing. If you've ever been hurt, you understand that healing is a process. And it takes time. And you can probably look back along the way at some of the darkest moments in your life and that path to healing. And you see some really integral pieces. Maybe it was a person that came into your life in a relationship that was developed that helped you in the darkest moment. And it was because they had been where you are right now. And that piece of your life became such an incredible, important part of the healing process. Or maybe it was that car that wouldn't start. And someone gave you the blessing of saying, you know what, here's the money to get it fixed. And you look back and you see how all these pieces are starting to fit together. And over time, what happens is the pieces sometimes begin to resemble the picture. But what do you do when the pieces don't look like the picture. So, so let's just, we can just open, this is, has a five on it. Can we just open this and start? No, we can't. We have to go by package one, then we get to five once we're finished with package two, three, and four. We have to go in order because if we open them up at the same time, then we're going to, it's going to be hard to find the pieces of Legos. Oh, so there's an order to them. And, and each piece has a purpose, right? Yes. There, there's a reason. And what's really amazing is some of these pieces, especially early on, once you start building, you'll never see again. Not, not because they're lost, but because they're inside what you're building. See, there, there are different purposes for every piece. And the problem that Jesus presents the disciples with is going to help them better grasp the possibilities that come later. But each piece has a purpose. See, some of the pieces that you're going to begin with are foundational. They're they're pieces that are foundational, and everything else is going to be built upon these pieces. Anyone have any foundational pieces in your life? It was the relationship that developed really early on with another Christian who cared about you. And and maybe your mom wasn't there, your dad wasn't there, and yet another adult came along and there was this relationship that was formed and it was a foundational piece that the rest of your life was built upon. Or maybe it was your mom and dad who had a deep love for the Lord and they were pouring into you and putting this foundation in place and from then on you've been able to build you see these foundational pieces are really pieces of preparation they're they're preparing you for what is going to come next but then on the other side there are some pieces that are connecting pieces 
There, there are pieces that are taking these big, big pieces that have been built so far in these big sections, and they're beginning to piece them together. See, one of those connecting pieces for me was being a senior in college and having a roommate that shared a house, and we lived off campus, and we shared some responsibilities. Because my parents had taught me growing up these foundational pieces of how to take care of what I needed to take care of, but they never really got the connecting where I had to deal with them with someone else and have this relationship. There, there were these connecting pieces that were going to bring everything together. And then there are some functional pieces. There, there are pieces that are made for a specific time and for a specific purpose to be used in that moment. There, there are these pieces, and the pieces in the story they see as a problem. We don't have enough pieces to go around. What are we going to do? We have five loaves of bread and we have two fish. But the, the amazing thing in this story is the pieces that are being eaten are in preparation for the pieces that have yet to be seen. So you never get the sense in the story that the baskets are empty or they run out of bread or they run out of fish. There is always plenty to go around. And it's the pieces that are being eaten that are paving the way for the pieces that have yet to be seen. So they eat the, the, the bread and they pass the basket. And as they pass the basket, it is still filled. Because the pieces that were eaten before it. These pieces continue to build on one another. And the pieces originally that are the problem become a beautiful picture of abundance. And so one one more question for you, Ryan. We, We have all these pieces, an abundance of pieces. How do we know that the pieces we're putting together will eventually look like this. Because we can trust and hope that the instruction manual can tell us how to build the ship and the humans. Wow. So if, if we follow the instructions, we have to trust that what they're telling us to do And how they're telling us to put these pieces together is going to eventually look like this. Wow. But how how do you really know? Because if you you don't follow the instructions, it's just going to be something different than that, and it won't look like that. But if we follow the instructions, it'll look just like this. Hmm. It's kind of like faith, isn't it? What what does Paul tell us about faith? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. Wow. That's kind of like our life, isn't it? Hey, Ryan, you can can go sit down. Thank you, sir. It's, It's interesting. These pieces that we've been told what they're supposed to look like. We've been told, here's what it's supposed to look like. We've been told things like John in Revelation when he says, behold, I'm making everything new. 
Or John in Revelation when he writes, Behold, the kingdoms of this world are now the kingdoms of our God and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. And here's the problem. At times we look at this world and we say, well, it it doesn't look like it. I, I look around and I see all the pieces that are supposed to be in place, but it doesn't look like the picture. It doesn't look like God reigns. It doesn't look like God's in control. It doesn't look like this world is being made new. It doesn't look like it's supposed to look. And yet there's this element of faith that enters into the conversation. And it's really a question of of trust. Do you believe that what Jesus says he is doing in this world is what he is doing in this world? And then on the other side, if you believe this, because what we said last week is faith is expressed, is belief expressed in action. Faith is belief expressed in action. If you believe that, that God is making all things new, and that the kingdoms of this world now belong to the kingdoms of our God and of his Messiah, and they will reign. If, if you believe that, you will work at building this kingdom, at piecing it together with everything you have, because you believe that in the end, what this is supposed to look like is what God has promised it would look like. Do you believe that is what God is doing. You see, the disciples see the lim- limited resources as a problem. But Jesus sees the limited resources as a possibility. He, he sees it as a possibility, and all they do is bring Jesus all they have. And they said, here, here is what we have. And yet Jesus begins to piece together the pieces to move from scarcity to abundance. From, from being able to see that all we have is not enough to being able to see that what God has provided is more than enough. I want you to listen to the ending of this story, verse 12. When they had all had enough. These people gathered around, and when all of them have had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, and let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that were left over. See, the pieces that we saw as a problem were simply possibilities in the hands of Jesus. Where it gets to be a problem is a lot of times there's pieces of our life that we don't like a whole lot. See, there's some pieces that we're not real proud of. There's some pieces that we wish we could undo or take back or step out of. 
that there are some pieces that happened to you and you had no control over. And we're left wondering in the midst of holding on to those pieces that have left us feeling like we are in pieces and broken, how God could possibly make something beautiful out of the limited resources that we possess. And the marriage fell apart and we wondered what God could possibly do. I have a really good friend this past year and their marriage came to an end. And there's this question of, well, how do we even begin to move on? A couple of years ago, a good friend of mine lost her son and granddaughter to a drunk driver. And you're left with these pieces that don't seem to fit and don't seem to be enough. And you're constantly reminded of the limited resources that you possess. And yet in this story, these limited resources are brought to Jesus. They're surrendered to him. And he makes them an abundant resource. I I know we began the story with not enough pieces. But we end the story with an abundance. So here's the hope. We, we think that the pieces are supposed to look like a picture that we have in mind. A picture of success, a, a picture of prestige, maybe a picture of money, and maybe it's the picture of the perfect house or the perfect job or the perfect clothes or the perfect spouse. But, but really what Jesus is trying to do in you is not pick, piece together these pieces into a perfect life. He's trying to piece the pieces together into the image of himself. And these pieces that are being put together aren't supposed to look just like you. See, the hope is these pieces start to look more like him. See, there's a reason Ryan knows what the picture is supposed to look like. These missiles are alive. <laughs> he knows because he's seen it done. And here's the thing you have as well. There are a countless number of people in this room who have come from lives full of broken and shattered pieces that have been pieced together into something beautiful. And the most incredible part of the story is he is not done with you. He's not done with what he is doing in this world. 
and the picture that you have for your life is not even close to the picture that he has for your life. And so my question for you this morning is what are the pieces that you are holding on to that you need to trust right now that God can do more with those pieces than you could ever imagine? What are the pieces that are broken in your family, in your marriage, in your relationship? What are the pieces that are missing in the lives of your children? What are the pieces that just aren't working together, aren't fitting together, and you don't see how these pieces could possibly ever look like the picture. But the the passage that Ryan reminded us of this morning is so full of this life that we have in Christ. Because where a lot of people struggle is they have problems seeing that the pieces of their life could ever look like the picture Jesus has promised of their life. Behind all of the sin, behind all of the ugliness, all of the disaster, all of the brokenness, that God could possibly make something perfect and whole out of what you have to offer. But we're reminded constantly through Romans 8 that God is working all of these things together for good. And then he says, Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? There's nothing that there there is in this world that could separate you from his love. He says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, any of the powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. See, we we said at the very beginning there was a problem in the, the picture for the disciples. The resources were limited, and there was a problem with proximity and price. And here's the beauty of the story. Jesus solves both. See, the proximity was a problem because God was here and we were here and we were separated because of our decision to walk away. And he fixed the proximity problem by coming to us. By coming to where we were and living like we would. And he fixed the price problem. That, that price that you couldn't pay, that you couldn't live up to, that you could possibly never afford by surrendering his life. He, he fixed the problem of proximity and price by coming and laying down his life in hopes that it would give you life. See, this abundance of bread is offered. 
It's offered not just to fill your stomach, but to fill your heart and your soul and your life with an abundance of bread. Let me me talk to the moms for just a second. Moms, you think you have this responsibility to provide bread for your children. And there's quite literally these mouths to feed. There's, in counting us, there's six of them in our house. But never assume that the bread you serve them is greater or more important than the bread that comes from their father. That that it's not the bread from our hands that gives them life. But it is the bread that comes from his hands that gives them life. See, in the midst of the chaos of our lives, in the midst of the chaos of their lives, we get so consumed with making sure those mouths are fed that we forget the source that is to be feeding them. Because here's the deal. The bread that comes from your hands will eventually run out. It is a limited resource. But the bread that comes from his hands, stretched out on the cross, will never run out. And there will be plenty left to go around. And and the beauty of the story is they gather all these pieces. And, And Chuck pointed this out to me this week. They gather all these pieces so that none would be wasted. And my guess is they picked up these baskets And they took the bread somewhere else to share with people who needed it. And that is what you and I have been called to do. See, we we have these pieces that somehow don't quite look like the picture. that, That don't look like we think they're supposed to. But what Jesus is doing in you is not creating a better you, it's recreating himself in you. And you and I have the incredible responsibility of serving the bread of life to a broken world. You see, the beauty of the gospel is the whole and perfect God was broken so that the broken and pieces of our life could be made whole. Today, there's simply the invitation to come to the bread of life, broken and in pieces, and find an abundance of food. There is plenty. Come, come and eat the bread of life. Moms, serve this bread.
but never forget to point them to this bread. Because in this bread, they find life. Father, today, we do pray that the bread of life would fill us. And Father, where we are insufficient and where we are weak and where we are limited, Father, may you in abundance come and fill us. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the way that we can look back on our life and we can see how these pieces are fitting together. But Father, we know that there's still so much further for them to go. So many pieces still to be put in place for us to look more like you. Father, continue to change us. Continue to make us into your image. And Father, may we always find an abundance of food that comes from the bread of life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus, we offer you the invitation this morning. Come, give your life to him. Surrender all that you do have. Be baptized. Wash away your sins. Be made new. And begin this new life in Christ. But if we could pray for you in any way, we're going to have shepherds, ministry staff around this auditorium. Um, Whatever your need, come while we stand and sing.